Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Why Do I Care? It is late, but that's because the Republicans cannot get their act together enough time to elect a Speaker of the House until Friday late at night. So without further ado, let's talk about it. So we're just going to jump right in. This was a very, very hectic bunch of days. You know, like I was planning to record it on the first day of voting because that's when I thought that this was going to be done. But no, it was not done. It took a long, long time. It happened finally Friday night, very late at night. And I'm here to break it down because it is very confusing. And unless you were watching the news almost 24-7, you definitely missed something. So what happened? So McCarthy needed... 218 votes to win and he was unable to get them he was unable to get 218 votes he, he was unable to win that support from the people in his very own party he started off kind of like fairly similar right like the first ballot all the way up to the 11th ballot he lost 19 20 votes First ballot, second ballot, third, fourth, fifth, all the way up to the 11th. He lost at least 19 votes. He lost 19 votes the first two, but then he became 20 steadily after that. So well, he, his plan, his his kind of like, his team's plan was, we're going to keep making these people vote until they get bored and tired or whatever and change their mind. And it did not happen. And it looked really really, really bad for him politically. He lost 11 straight. And it's not like he just didn't get to the threshold. He straight up lost. Jeffries, the Democrats, they won. Like, like the Democrat, they got more votes. Jeffries got 212. Every single vote that happened for the House leadership, except for one, the 12th vote, because one Democrat had a minor foot surgery and was unable to make the vote. That is, it, it, it really is going to set the tone for what is going to happen in the, the next two years, what a McCarthy House is going to look like. He gave up so much power in order to get to this point. And if it, like what he was able to do is he was able to get 19, 20 people, 20 people who voted against him to, to zero people who voted against him. He was never able to meet the um, the 218 mark that he needed, but um, six people, the six strong holdouts, who we're going to talk about later, they switched their vote to present, which thus lowered the threshold he needed to get to in order to become the next Speaker of the House. So what did he do? He, there was like, like I said, up to the 11th ballot, there were, there were major, major, major hold, holdouts. Like he, he was not, he, 20 people were against him. And I, I can read the, the 20. It's going to be really quick, but we're going to get, we're going to get through it. Okay. It's going to be Spart, Self, Roy, Perry, Ogles, Norman, Miller, Luna, Harris, Gosar, Donalds, Clyde, Cloud, Breachton, Bishop, Rosendale, Good, Gates, Crane, Bobert, Biggs. Those names are going to become very, very, very I'm going to say them a lot, especially the last six, Rosendale, Good, Gates, Crane, Bobert, and Biggs. These six were the holdouts. These six were the reasons that he was unable to win. He was unable to win until the 15th ballot. What these six have in common is that they are very, very far right, and they are very, very extreme. So they did not want to vote for Kevin McCarthy until he gave them more power. 
So what even is the Speaker of the House? So the Speaker of the House, it doesn't really have it, it, ha it doesn't really have too much large power, right? It's not like the presidency, but it is very, very important. It is the third in line for the president. It goes like, so right now it would be Joe Biden. Joe Biden dies, it would be Kamala Harris. If Kamala Harris dies, then it'd be Kevin McCarthy. That is what it looks like now. That is the succession. That is the line of succession for the presidency right now. But what they do is they are able, they just kind of like set the pace, set the tone. They kind of just set the agenda for the house. So they could put on the floor the votes that they want the votes that their party wants and they also get to make up like the committees they get to make up the committees so what this means is it gives him a lot of power not alone he cannot act alone he alone does not have a bunch of power but he's allowed he he is able to kind of put on the floor and put up to to the debate what bills he wants and what bills his party wants so that's why speaker of the house is such a crucial role so how was he able to, to to get all these these six these very very key six anti McCarthy votes to switch? He he wanted he he gave away so much he gave away a lot of power. So one of the most important and the most key things that he gave away is now that any any member of the majority party so any Republican can call for something called a motion to vacate the speaker's chair. So what this does is it because it, it says. I don't like you, McCarthy, you're doing a bad job. I'm calling a vote and they, they have to do, they, they just like, they push a vote onto the speaker. So like he can be ousted at any point. The second one Republican does not like him. He can be out. So if Gates is like, you know what? I want to do this. And McCarthy's like, no, Gates would be able to call an entire vote and this entire process can't start all over again. So what this, what this means is McCarthy's, kind of power within his own party is much, much weaker because any one, any one of the people that he's kind of like, you know, in charge of can can change their minds. And that is going to that's going to be like detrimental to what he is able to do. Another important thing is that um, kind of like the super PACs of political action committees, like that's the big money. The ones that McCarthy kind of has a lot of power over, they cannot. They cannot like get put money into um, open Republican primaries in safe seats. They, they, they are not going to do that, that, that essentially what this means is that the more extreme candidates are going to be more likely to win, right? Because if it's a safe Republican seat, then a Republican's going to win kind of regardless of what they do. So if it was more like a, a more like closely contested seat, then the, the, um, so basically what this does is it means that, there are going to be more Republican far-right extremists in the House of Representatives next next year, unless, you know, they just, they, lo they lose the, the, there are going to be more. That, that's what it boils down to. Something very important is because, like I said, McCarthy has the power to kind of put certain bills forward. He agrees. The House is going to hold votes on some very, very important bills for conservatives. So that's going to be like a balanced budget amendment congressional term limits and border security all of these are very very important and they are some these are very like hot button topics so they're going to be forced on the they're going to be voted for and this is going to become a thing one of the most important i think the most important is the um the debt ceiling it has to be raised because essentially what the debt ceiling is is just like the u.s is in debt right and it's just like how much debt it does it's not really a real thing you know 
you just raise it. It's like it's like if you run out of money, you're just like give yourself more fake money. It's very complicated, but what it means is the US isn't so is in debt. The debt keeps growing. If the debt reaches a certain point, you have to exp- like push the debt limit farther. So say I'm in $2 in debt and then it becomes $3 in debt. Before it hits $4 in debt, I have to raise my debt ceiling limit to say $10. What this does is it just keeps the country running. If it stops, if the debt ceiling is not raised, the entire global economy will collapse. It's that simple. That is how crucial the debt ceiling is. So what these six Republicans got um, McCarthy to agree to is the debt ceiling will never be raised unless there are spending cuts. This is going to become a very, 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 very big issue because the Democrats hold the Senate and the White House and they are going to oppose spending cuts. So Republicans are basically going to be like, we are going to let the global economy crash or you're going to give some budget cuts. That's what they're going to do. They, um, Freedom Caucus, that's kind of the, that's the, like the name that these kind of six really have. It's like the squad, but for Republicans, they are going to get more representation on committees. So especially, especially the most powerful, the House Rules Committee, they are going to get, they're going to be there. 72 hours to review bills before they come to the floor. That it's not as extreme of a thing. It's just like, you know, more heads up. It makes the government kind of move slower, but it's not the most stuff. But something that also is key is to investigate, like a committee to investigate the quote-unquote weaponization of the federal government. That is very key because it's basically a direct shot of Joe Biden because the Republicans are saying like, oh, the Mar-a-Lago raid, that was just something that, Joe Biden and the Democrats wanted to do. So that is what he gave up all of that and more and more. He gave all of that stuff up just to become Speaker of the House. And he did that. He did that around around the 10th vote. Because after the 10th vote, oh, there were a lot of switches after the um, 10th vote. So... Uh, after 11th, sorry. So the 10th vote, it went to 20, but then the 11th, it also was 20. But then on the 12th vote, there were only seven. So he changed 13 minds, 13 by giving up some of these. There was a conference call before the 12th vote, and that's how he was able to get so many more. Then the 13th, he only got six. Six, that was the number. The six kind of stayed for probably the most suspenseful four hours of hardcore governing that we're really going to see in this. There's not going to be a whole lot of, Bills and laws getting passed the next two years because the Democrats don't hold both chambers. So this is probably going to be the most um, hardcore and like aggressive governing that we are kind of going to see. So there were six holdouts, six holdouts. And what they did is three of them, Boebert, Crane, and Rosendale, they voted for someone named Hearn. And um, Biggs, Gates, and Good, they all voted for Jordan, who is like his right hand he, what what makes it so funny is that there have been so many votes for jordan and jordan is essentially mccarthy's right hand man that's what kind of makes it so ironic that's what they kind of want this to split they wanted to split that's why the never the people that did not want mccarthy in power their entire plan was to get jordan and mccarthy to split and if they split ways it's like what happened when belichick and brady split ways 
everything kind of, it, it changed everything. That was their plan, and they were unable to get that. Then of the 13th vote, the 6th, they all unify and they all vote for Jordan. And then the 14th vote, that is where interesting things happen. Bobert and Gates both voted present. So what that did is it lowered the amount that they needed, that McCarthy needed, and he was so close. Gates, if he had just voted for McCarthy, McCarthy would have won. That, oh, oh, sorry. No, sorry. If anybody else besides Gates or Boebert voted for McCarthy, McCarthy would have won. If they won more. He lost a 14th ballot by one vote. One vote. And that was kind of the last big stand for, for Matt Gates. He goes on Fox News and he says, well, we kind of got everything we want. So then on the 15th ballot, finally, after days and days and days, the six. They all change their votes, but they don't change it to McCarthy. They change it to presence. So Biggs, Bobert, Crane, Gates, Good, and Rosendale, they all change their vote to present. So what that does is it, it changes the, the, the amount, the number that McCarthy needed to win. He was able to win with 216 votes because they all voted present. In the 14th ballot, he got 216th vote, but because... People did not vote for him because there were four holdouts that did not vote with him. He was unable to win. But because they all voted present, he was able to win. So McCarthy finally won after the most contested. This was the longest contest in 164 years. It has been so, so long since something like this has happened. But finally, McCarthy was able to pull it off. So what does this mean? And why do I care? What this means is that McCarthy is the Speaker of the House, so he is third in line for the presidency. He has a lot of power. He is now in charge of the House. But is he in charge of the House? He has given up so many key concessions to Gates and Bobart, who are relatively new. Like, these are new. These are very MAGA. These are new candidates. These are, like, new congresspeople. These aren't, like, people that have been kind of in the House for, for since, like, the Obamas or, or Bush. These are new. And they were able to increase the power significantly by doing something like this. It's kind of like what Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin did and have been doing in the Senate by increasing their power by being key holdouts, except this is definitely more in bad faith because there's no legitimate concerns. This is strictly personal. The reason they withheld this is strictly personal because this isn't about policy. This is about like who's in charge. It was strictly personal. So the reason you should care if you're sitting at home on the couch listening to this podcast, the reason you should care that McCarthy finally won is there one simple reason? He won, but he gave away most of his power to far-right Republican Congress people. The, the six people that he really caved and gave his power kind of away to are definitely very, very extreme. There is one person that is arguably the most extreme in all of, all of the, the House, or essentially all of government, that I did not mention because she voted with McCarthy every single time. And that is very, very interesting. What her name? Okay, I, I Marjorie Taylor Greene. I want to do something more dramatic, but I didn't really know the words. Marjorie Taylor Greene voted with McCarthy the entire time. She, she did not break her vote once. She voted for McCarthy the entire time. Just like McCarthy, McCarthy, all across the board. Because McCarthy promised her that she would be put back on committees. That is key. He also gave a concession away to her. But it wasn't this public. This had happened a while ago. She was removed from all committees because of her 
claims about Jewish space lasers, right? Never like it's her, the Jewish space lasers that Congresswoman now ha is allowed back on committees. So it's really seven, except she wasn't as vocal because she had already kind of gotten what she wanted, but it was definitely in a more hush hush way. So that's why you should care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. There is a YouTube channel. You guys should definitely check that out. There's a great video about gerrymandering. It's real quick. It's a breakdown. The key, what you need to know all about gerrymandering. It's a very good listen, very good watch because it's on YouTube. So be sure to check that out. Also, go to whydoicarepod.com. You can find all the links to all the socials. There's some great content out there. Um, thank you guys so much for listening and be sure to share it and have a great rest of your day.